Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. It's kind of funny. I don't know like your day to day, like what that looks like. Because the same thing with me. I'm sure people are like, well, what do you even do? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I don't even know my day to day. I like to try to time block as much as possible, but obviously things come up and whether you're getting calls from a tenant or calls from clients and you just kind of kind of roll with the punches and that's been tough to adjust to just starting with like real estate sales stuff, but I'm finally getting the hang of it. And, but I have a pretty strict routine in the morning from sometimes I'm up at five, but most of the other times I'm up at, you know, six thirty-seven. I um, like to get my emails done in the morning, get that. I I don't like writing emails, so I like to get that done first part of the day. And then um, usually I'll get some coffee, breakfast, and then kind of start my day. But before seven, I like to try to mix in a workout. I like that. Sometimes I don't. I'm a three times a week guy right now, but. Sometimes I just get up in the morning and I'm feeling a little tired. So I like to lay around in bed a little bit. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. that sometimes, that... You, sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need it. Well, because we have kind of crazy schedules. And uh, so for those who are listening right now, this is the Marty Grizzani show. And I have a very special guest. And we're going to get into a little bit on who he is. And I want to have him introduce himself in in just a moment. But, you know, right now we're just chopping up, talking about our our morning routines, really, because they are important. But also when you are working for yourself, like Phil was saying earlier, you got to be a bit of a, I wouldn't say a slave to your calendar, but you got to be on top of your calendar a bit because that if you're not, you can let your day get away. I, I also I also agree with you. I think it is good to kind of take some time, especially because we're always working, right? Like if you're if you're constantly thinking about work, or you're constantly like as we are, you get paid for what you you know you eat what you kill, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You, you kind of have to take some time, and it and I've. It, this was the biggest adjustment for me was being okay with that because it actually it helps you long term. It actually it actually inspires you to go after it even harder because if you're just constantly in it, right? I, I think it I think it's very tough. Um, you were saying a little bit about your your morning routine and your workouts. Like, is that for me? I need to get my workout in at least three to four days a week. Do you think that helps at all with your mindset or like your, you're just like, you're, you're feeling amped upness to get the day going, or do you already just have that drive inside of you guys? This is a, and before you answer that, this guy's, this guy was drafted 52nd overall in the 2010 NHL draft. So this dude's a freaking horse. He's a worker. He's a guy, he's a, he's a 10 year, you know, professional hockey player. All right. I mean, he's also, and this is probably the toughest thing to do. He's on the the Rochester All Handsome team. Look at this guy. He's <laughs> great looking too. Where did you see that stat? <laughs> it's my it's my own personal uh, stat. All right. We keep it very we keep it lock and key. But and uh, you know he's now he's a professional real estate agent. He's an investor, and uh, and I'm happy to have him on here. But um, you know, and so before you go into a little bit about, you know, what, who you are and what you do, I, I really want to get in on, on this part, on this mindset thing, because I was thinking about it 10 years. Can you explain the grind that must be of being in the professional hockey league for 10 years? Like, just give people an idea of what that looked like. Cause um, I think it's going to help us understand. Well, I, I think you just said it, Marty, it was a grind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not, I'm. Never made it to the NHL, played preseason games, but 
it was all minor league stuff. And, and I think the exact word for it is it was a grind, just like anything. I mean, what you do, you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur, that's a grind also. But um, not only is it a grind day to day, it's like it's a mental battle that you deal with and physical. It's it really, you know, after 10 years, it really took, you know, it takes a toll on you. And it, it almost now I'm two years out and I haven't really touched a hockey stick or skates in, in two years, you know, where just kind of got a reset from the game that I loved and, you know, um, kind of fall back in love with it again to the point where, you know, I wasn't watching any hockey games and that's why maybe I kind of, you know, lost a little bit of love for the game just because it was so much of a grind. I, I lived in different States every year. I traveled every weekend. I was on the ice six times a week, um, one day off, you know, and, and it's physically intensive stuff. And, you know, my days aren't nine to five, but they're, you know, we, our schedule was from you're up at eight, you're at, you're at the rink till one and you kind of had the rest of the day, but it's still, you know, physically and mentally demanding, but I was very fortunate enough to do it for, you know, 10 years. I didn't, reach my goal of making the NHL, but I was, you know, I enjoyed every minute of it. I got to travel. I got to see a lot of things. And in the meantime, I was fortunate enough to invest in real estate. Mm. Yeah. That's, I think that's in, and, and I don't want to just um, gloss over the, the history. Cause I think there's a lot there where it, it kind of tells the person of who you are. Like, I believe like all of that, like the, the character building of, you know, you go from getting drafted, right? I mean, what a moment that must have been, right? For you and your family, just the, that, that whole thing. And so I, and then I look at, I give you guys so much credit because I look at the guys that you, you reach this level of getting drafted. I mean, that's one thing they can't take away, Phil, right? That's one thing they can't take away out of everyone in the United States, or I'm sorry, out of everyone in the world, in that time, you were, in someone's eyes, the 52nd best player in the world. I think that's fucking amazing, personally. Um, but then as that peak and valley of, of most lives, right? Like you said, not, not quite getting to where you wanted to be in, in making into, that, you know, into the NHL and playing there. How does somebody, because some people, that's going to kill them. I really believe that. I really believe that that could end a lot of people. Just that's it. They're done. Right. If they don't hit that, that level, but you were able to kind of with the character building of, of not getting that. Was that just something where you were like, Hey, that's, that's the way it is. Was it, was it something where it was a, obviously a punch in the face, but how does some people take that in rise? Like you did to get through it. And then some people they're just stuck there and then, you know, what was me, their life is over. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Um, not in, in depth, but I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. But uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's probably a little bit, it's a lot like entrepreneurship the, with the peaks and valleys, like you were saying. But, you know, there's, uh, within a hockey season, you you run into a lot of lulls, ups and downs, wins and losses, you know, highs and lows, uh, injury issues. Um, I mean, you're competing every day with your teammates, your friends. And um, it's just, it's a constant grind daily. And it's something you kind of, you know, you learn to adjust to and deal with. But you also have to overcome a ton of a ton of adversity. And you know, you can either curl up in a ball and die or you know, kind of try to fight through it. So, and I'm not a person to to give up or quit on myself or but you know, 
there's times where you definitely cross my mind where I just say, you know, screw this. Why am I doing this? You know, but I mean, I was doing it for, for the love. Like I enjoyed the, the life I enjoyed meeting, you know, 30 something new people a year, becoming friends with them, um, playing the sport you love for a living. And, you know, there's not much you can really complain about. I think back now and feel, you know, I didn't make my goal, you know, I may have failed at that, but um, I was very fortunate for the life I had. And now it's kind of starting over at 30 years old. uh, I got a couple of rental properties and, you know, I'm just trying to navigate the entrepreneurial lifestyle between real estate sales and being a landlord, um, dealing with a lot of stuff the past year and a half. Like, I mean, we're, we're learning daily, like something new is thrown at your face week, week by week. And it's, I kind of love it to be honest with you. You know, it's not, (laughs) it's not the same sit behind a desk, you know, it's challenging, but it's, it's a new challenge daily. And I think it makes, makes me better as a person. I don't know love um, it. anybody else. I love it. I, I think you just explained why you were able to overcome because you're grateful. You, you were grateful for the moment. And although I'm, I'm sure there were moments where, like you said, uh, you, you had some real, real tough, tough times the at the same time that those thoughts of like giving up they're not going to serve you right like that that's not going to serve you at all right and and just those thoughts could be just like it's not just a a physical game right i think people kind of lose the fact that nhl is probably one of the toughest physical games but it's also that mental game of being in the professional league with like the politics and then the you know you have all these different moments where you think you're going to be going one way and then it's another way and then you go left and there's right and there's the business side right so there's all these different aspects of it which that part is probably tougher truthfully because it's such a confidence either crusher or confidence builder and right and here's the thing i think those things are serving you to be where you are now because in real estate, especially in realtor and that retail and commercial real estate environment, it is something where people can't handle that. People can't handle the repeated punches to the face. And all and guys, by the way, we are in the we are in the hottest market in the United States history of real estate, right? So you have to be the type of person it doesn't mean you have to be an NHL hockey player, but you have to be the per- you have to be a type of person that can kind of withstand that storm. I mean, do you see? And because I, I want to ask you this question about your your uh, your properties and, and being an investor, but I, I, do you see similarities with you know being in a competitive sport environment and also being in a competitive real estate environment? Um, I mean, hundred percent. I jumped into real estate sales. Uh, I think right in the middle of COVID and you know, it's COVID not much going on. And like you said, the real estate market is booming and I'm jumped right in. Maybe I don't know what's really going on, but I mean, it's, it's competitive as hell. And it definitely, to answer your question, it definitely does correlate a lot, you know, like those, small wins, whether you get listings, whether you get your buyer a home, um, you know, just repetitively calling people to just even chat to strum up new business, you know, and it's, it was all a learning experience for me because I don't have any sales background. Um, you know, I'm learning daily and that competitiveness in the real estate market kind of kept the flame lit inside from the real, from the hockey stuff. And, and and I love it. And that's, you know, I love it, but I hate it too, because it could be, it could suck, you know? Yeah. And it, and it has like, it's ups and downs and it's everything is correlates between 
between hockey and the real estate, I think mm. it's all relative um, mm. with with each other. Mm. I like that. I think that's uh, I think that's true. I not that I played hockey, but I, I just know the competitive you know world that I'm in, and then also it translates over to you know being in sports. I think having a good team. You know, I'm lucky to have my partner Matt is also helpful. I know you've told me in previous conversations that your team that you're a part of has been, has been really helpful for you. And right. And so, you know, that transition was that a big part of that was your team helping you kind of transition into that role as a realtor. And, and, and what did that look like as you, as you started kind of learning those roles and, and, you know, especially with, the listing side and then also helping out with, with buyers, because that's gotta be another thing that you have to, <laughs> that roller coaster of emotions for the buyer uh, as well. But you're kind of, if, as someone that's used to not getting, you know, their way, so to speak, because I know I don't always get my way when I'm dealing with, when I'm trying to buy something, right. Or I don't necessarily always get to sell the thing that I'm looking to sell. Right. But for people who've, not in that sort of environment when this has got to be new to them. How, how do you kind of walk buyers through? Do you, are you able to do that a little bit better than you think than other people? Because you're, you've been like, Hey, you know, you, you can kind of just take a couple breaths and give that sense of calm to buyers. Do you think you're able to do that for them? Yeah. I mean, that's part of, part of my job. I think, you know, I, in this market, I try to prep my buyers when they're, especially if they're first time home buyers what they're actually coming into, what the market's like here, what to expect. You know, we could write one offer and get it accepted, you know, get really lucky, or we're going to have to write 14, but you can't, you just can't get discouraged. And I just basically got to prepare them for it, you know, because I've had buyers that, you know, had, call it buyer fatigue, you know, where we're running around to three, four houses a weekend. You're driving from Victor to Greece, you know, to Henrietta, to Webster. And they just like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> they get yeah. tired, yeah. you know, and, and it's tough. It's kind of defeating, but being, in that up and down lifestyle really for my whole life from hockey now into real estate. Like I like to think that I can, you know, kind of keep my emotions or try to keep my emotions as even keel as possible, you know, yeah. not because when you get the really big, like depressed or upset is when you get the really big highs and the really low lows, which I found when I was playing. So, you know, if you get, you can learn to roll with the punches and keep grinding, um, like you said, and, you know, I, I'm a firm believer every, everything will work out. Yeah. I think that's the way you have to kind of approach it. And I, I actually appreciate it a lot more now as someone that's on the buyer side and, uh, you know, obviously I'm coming from a different side cause I'm super jaded. I'm a real estate investor. So I, I just can't quite, you know get myself to to overpay for something when I'm constantly used to under not underpaying but just paying what I know is the the number I need to be at right? right and so I know how I know how tough that is for my agent to to really you know walk me through this I will say the one thing that I think is really nice and tell me if this is something that you're doing for those clients that have that fatigue because I'm having that fatigue is they don't give up. And I know that might be salesy in a way for, for some agents. They think like that's, uh, I know they're, they're just, they're not quite, you know, maybe they've just had so many heartbreaks, but to consistently send listings has got to be tough as an agent. But also I think deep down you have to know, I know they need something and I'm the person that's going to be the one that delivers it because I've seen testimonials, Phil, where they go, they didn't give up. And now it all makes sense where the, the client goes, they didn't give up, even though I did. I think that's so important. Like, have you experienced anything like that? Or have you, have you had any clients that were just like maybe 
on the dumps and you were just like, hey, we got one more to go. We got, you know, we can do this. And then you kind of get them over that hump and they've just loved you for it. Yeah. I mean, that's basically why I think you hire a real estate agent, right? A, for their expertise and and B, it's just another person, third party that you can lean on, you know, whether it's for advice or motivation to go look at stuff even more stuff after your 10th offer, you know, after going, writing offers 30, 40, 50 over and still losing, you know, I mean, there's points where like I'm tired and my buyers just want to go see stuff and you have to throw them a smile and show them the house and go into it with a big, good attitude and hope for the best. Um, I'm a big juju guy, I call it. So uh, all about good juju. Um, <laughs> so I had a client that wrote an offer the other day and, you know, it was a beautiful house. Um, he didn't think they were going to get it. He thought it was going to go for like hundred plus over. Um, and I, you know, kind of talked him off the ledge and they loved the house, end up writing the offer and we end up being one of the top two offers. Wow. We ended up getting the house. So that's what I wanted to hear. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, so it's just, I mean, at the end of the game in this market, it could be, it is a numbers game, but you can't quit. Can't quit. You got to be there for your client and keep showing them the house, keep being there for them, keep, keep positive and, you know, do, do your job basically. Yeah. (laughs) I I give so much credit because it is, um, it's a consistency game, right? It's a numbers game, but it's a consistent numbers game. And I think people may lose sight of that. Uh, uh, people, you know, that are unfamiliar, especially people who go, do I really need a realtor? I was one of those people, you know, when I first started, I was like, realtors, I'm not really sure, you know, what do they really do? And the longer I've been in the game, the more I realize just how important a realtor is and how it's absolutely necessary, right? So for me as a buyer or for me as a seller, it's a no brainer to use a realtor, truthfully. And even if you are one yourself, you may want to give that rein up to somebody else to come at it with a maybe a different set of eyes and uh, and maybe not so much attachment, so to speak, on different things. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I, I've I've been thinking about just when I took because I took my license just to to really understand why or you know why I sh- you know why realtors are you know get paid for what they do. And now I I believe it a hundred percent. When you first approached it, were you like, I'm not sure really what what I'm gonna do? Like, what are what are realtors do? And then. Like, how has that evolved to like what you do now? Like, is it just like, is it completely different? Is it what you expected? Is it not what you expected? Uh, I'm just curious on your point with that. Um, you know, I kind of had that mentality eight some years ago when I first started, when I bought my, what was it? Eight, nine years ago when I bought my first two investments. It was like transactions went smooth. I was like, what is, what am I paying this guy 3% for? I mean, what did he do? Right. And then, you know, as you you buy more, you run into more issues. And then especially now being into it in the middle of it, we as realtors are a hundred percent needed. You know, you're going to have that smooth transaction, but you're also going to have a terrible transaction and you need that mediator or you're going to go crazy um, if you don't know what's going on your brain will spin in a million different directions and you might not know how to handle it where a realtor with experience or somebody who has a team to lean on that has tons of experience um or to bounce ideas off of um the their worth is all of that three percent. I agree. Um, but I was the same way as you were. 
you know, 3%. Well, I, I want to save that six, eight grand. I want that in my pocket, you know, but, and it's also, I think we've talked about this too, is you can't, you can know how to do everything, but you can't do everything yourself. Right. You have to outsource. Um, you have to hire people. You have to have good teams. You know, you have to have people you trust, re- reliable people. And to keep yourself sane, you know, and now doing this full time, I've had that constant battle of who do I hire? What do I hire out? You know, I got to focus on this. I hire out managing my rental properties, you know, can't be, you can't be in a million different places at once. And then if you are, you're not, how focused can you really be on the task at hand? That's so good. That's so good, guys. Go back and re-listen to that because that is so true. It, it, I mean, what I'm taking from that is it's a freaking team sport. It really is. It still is a team sport. And it's, you got to rely on other people where you're going to, yeah, can you do it all? Sure. But it's going to be sloppy. It's not going to be as good. And you're going to get burned out. And that's the stuff that uh, that ends a career. It's it's upstairs. It's in your, it's in your head. You got you to just... You got to be willing to work with others and you'll go way farther, way farther. Um, you know, let's, let's actually talk about those two deals, actually, because I wanted to um, hear a little bit about your experience. So let's go back to maybe it was the first one or the second, whatever one you want to talk about. But um, what, what was the story behind that? So... Uh, eight, nine years ago, I, it was the summer I got drafted. I, I got a bonus check and I was just like, I got to invest this in something. How bad did you want to blow it though? A little bit. Um, you know, I'm 20 years old and I get <laughs> a, a good chunk I mean, of change. Real estate at, at 20 years old. It's like, I mean, I guess, but Good thing you had a good uh, supporting cast. Yeah, I had I had a I had a good support system. You know, my parents were were great teachers for me, um, and they ended up. My dad ended up actually being partner of mine on the deal going in with me because he had a, a rental um, in the house that we grew up in, actually. Um, and you know, he was he was a ton of help. Showed me the ropes. Showed me how to do things. And uh, ended up buying a single family home where I had the intentions of living in it um, for the summer and then going to play hockey. But bought the house, did some renovating to it, never ended up living in it and then been renting it out for the past nine years. Never even lived in it once. Love it. Um, And then I kind of just rinse and repeated that for the past nine years come home live into live into a rental leave for the season rent it out again Mm. and i was able to accumulate you know about 12 units over the time sold a few off now um but it just kind of i just kind of got into a flow of you know i always loved real estate i love that it was tangible. If something went wrong, I'm very hands-on, handsy. I can fix it myself, you know, um, have the contacts through my, my dad's in the construction. Um, so was able to get stuff done and fairly cheap and do it, you know, do it my, myself. But obviously as you accumulate more, you have to start hiring out. You can't be fixing things here, doing landscaping there, mowing this lawn, mowing that lawn. So I learned that hiring a good team, hiring people that are reliable is probably the number one thing to being successful. That's incredible that during your career, you were were able to still play, but obviously then focus on some of the stuff that's, hey, I'm not going to be able to play forever, no matter what, right? No matter how this thing goes. And you were able to, in that time, still collect over 12 units. That's, it's insane, really, thinking about that because you're, you know, you're still 
managing these things kind of from afar. I mean, obviously, you have some people at home that you can depend on a bit, but still, um, I think that's some crazy foresight to to put money out there and to invest. And uh, and I know that you actually just recently did a fix and flip yeah. not too long ago. Can you tell yeah. people kind of how you found it, what you did? Because I'd, I'd like to hear that, you know, a little bit of the numbers there on on how that all worked out because, you know, people can still fix and flip in this market. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, it's my fix and flips was just word of mouth. Uh, family, friend knew that I was an investor. I might be able to buy a property that had an off-market or pocket listing um, that had potential. Lady was, you know, out outdated carpets, crazy pink colors, red colors, all the retro um, colors that you had in the older homes. Yeah. And, you know, walk through it and look at the house. Nothing serious was wrong with it. It was actually in pretty good shape. Good bones, you know, what, what you like to say. Uh, you like to see a house that has good bones. Good bones. <laughs> Probably one of the most common phrases in, in <laughs> yeah. real estate. Industry. Like, are you sure they're good bones? Do you really even know? And they're like, well, I mean, I think it's good bones. Yeah. Keep they look like it until you start <laughs> ripping walls down. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then you just you you run your comps in the neighborhood, figure out how much needs to go into it, and then run how much profit I wanted to make, rehab costs, and try to get it done in a a diligent manner because time is time is the number one thing in my opinion and that was my first one um i dabbled in in a little bit of everything you know long-term holds fix and flips i have an airbnb mm. um get into commercial stuff now but it's i mean it's i'm just learning as i go yeah it's uh it's it's inspiring to see you know it's just what I love about it is, you know, local guy, yeah, great pro career, come back, and now you start with your own professional real estate career. And I know we've had some talks about commercial. I mean, where do you, where would you like to see this thing go in maybe two, three, five years? Um, have you kind of thought a little bit about that? I mean, what, what are you, what are, what are you thinking would be your next move? Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, my, my goal from nine years ago was to play my hockey 10, 15 years of my hockey career, have a hundred plus units and retire and be having a, a Mai Tai on the beach in Florida, you know, for the rest of my life. Yes. But that was me at 20 and then life slapped me in the face a little bit. 21, 22, 23. And uh, you, you kind of figure out that, you know, dreams aren't, don't always come true, but you just got to keep grinding. But as far as the future, I, I'd like to still stick to that goal, still work towards it, um, get upwards of 100 units, uh, start, start to move more towards commercial. Uh, I like to have, you know, maybe all my units in one building at one point, couple buildings, you know, instead of running around all over the place. Yeah. But um, I like to set attainable goals. Um, you know, obviously I dream big, but I'd like to potentially try to double my portfolio size every two and a half to three years. I love it. I think that's a, a an attainable goal. I think that's one of the problems I have is uh you know we, I set these these goals right and um I I try to kind of work backwards and then it's like well to get here you got to do this and uh and sometimes the this is not getting done to get to where you want to be but I also and Phil I don't know if this is the same for you but it's like one of those things where if you write it down, you don't hit it. You kind of, it kind of brings you down a bit. It, it makes you, it hurts. 
hurts you, hurts your feelings a bit. And uh, I'm trying to figure out, and this podcast is is part of that, is, is figuring out what are people doing to, you know, reach their goals? How do they look at it? How are, because listen, a lot of people are doing it every day, right? And I don't think we're different than anybody else. But I'm just as I continue this journey, learning and talking to, you know, high level people like yourself is, you know, that mindset of, hey, if it, it doesn't go your way and and, uh, and, and rarely doesn't, uh, it doesn't define who you are is really what it is, right? It doesn't really define who you are. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, you're not going to win. You can't win 100% of the time, is my opinion. You know, you're going to, I mean, they always say you learn from your failures and you can't fear to fail, but it is, I mean, it's, it's scary at times to, you know, set certain expectations where you expect that you can reach yourself, your own goals. And then you don't reach them. And then you start questioning yourself, probably. I know I do sometimes. Is this the right career path? What am I doing wrong? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? You know. But like I said, that's why I was setting a few years ago, I was setting goals that were unattainable and unrealistic. And you almost set yourself up for disappointment. Mm. So I kind of, and you don't want to sell yourself short, but I, I try to find that happy medium where you set a goal that's reachable. And then, you know, if you exceed that goal, great. If you don't get to that goal, then that's when you go back and you know, you set an attainable goal and you start analyzing. What did you do? What did I not do enough of? And I'm not 100% good at this. I can hunt, I can be way better at it. But um, as far as tracking those goals and learning new things and finding ways to better yourself, then... I think you're always going to, you're always winning in the long run, even though you're not, even though you're not reaching those goals, little, you know, I, I read something 1%, you're 1% better if you're doing more than you did yesterday. Something. I love, I love that. I and it's hard that. to, hard to grasp too, because you know, you, you might be doing something new and not seeing any results and it's just like, this is redundant. What the hell? But I, it's all, it's all a grind. It's all a grind <laughs> no matter what you do. It's life. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, and then, you know, if you fail, what do, what do you do? You start over. You started a business, right, Marty? You started right. from nothing. You, you can you can go. I always say I failed. I can go swing a hammer for a little bit, figure something else out, start new. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. And I was for people that can't only hear and can't see. I was I was really just going with my fist. I was just pumping because he was talking about the wins and and it's the little wins that build up to those life-changing accomplishments. And I think we need those little wins, but I think what we don't do, Phil, and I know at least for me and maybe for you, I got to get better at this, is celebrating those little wins. Like they're just so, you, you kind of just, you kind of just throw them to the wayside. Like, yeah, I know I got that, but what I'm looking for is, yeah, I know, I know I got, you know, I know this happened, but what I wanted, but, you know, so I need to, we need to all get better at that. Yeah. And I'm the same way too. I might be doing doing something small that's not your end goal or or whatever. You don't get the deal you wanted, but everything you did to leading up to that deal that you're negotiating or 
doing your due diligence, running numbers, you're, you're learning, you're, you're racking your brain, you're, you're learning different, you're running analysis on different properties, different scenarios, different situations. And you might not get the house. The house might not make sense. The apartment building might not make sense to you at the, at the moment, but you're still, you're seeing good and bad deals. You're still seeing stuff, but you're at the end of the day, the dollars might not be coming in, but you're still learning. And that's something I don't really realize either. I'm the same way as you. I want that win. I want the big, the big golden ticket at the end of the day. And if I don't get it, you suck, you know, (laughs) but it's not reality. And maybe I'm hard on myself. I don't know how you are, but definitely something you probably everyone could get better at. I agree. I am. I'm very hard on myself because my thought process goes back to there's people that come to this country with nothing in their pocket and become, you know, very successful, multi, multi-millionaires, like all those things, right? So I don't really have any excuses is my is my basic thought process for whenever I feel like I should have an excuse. I go, no, you don't have any because other people have come from way worse and have done, you know, they're doing, maybe they've done more. I know I'm still in my journey. My journey is different than other people's. And I think what I did, Phil, and maybe you did too, is I would be competitive with other people. And that was never helpful looking back. And what I needed to be was competitive with myself and was just worried about me and making sure that I'm getting better personally day by day and not worried about anybody else's wins because I haven't walked in their shoes. I don't know what they're doing, right? And so those are things that I repeatedly have to bury into my head is that there is no competition. It's just me. Right. And and, I mean, that's a good point you make, even in today's day and age with social media, Instagram. Perception isn't always reality with with these types types of medias and everything going on. You don't really know how well off somebody is. You don't know if somebody's taking a picture in a fake private jet or if they're actually in a private jet. Right. You can't like you said, you can't really compare your your life to others because then that's when you'll be stuck and i mean i do it sometimes i have days where like shit look at this guy what am i doing you know why isn't this me but if you if you dwell i mean i do it still it's terrible habit but if you just dwell and keep dwelling you're going to be stuck in mud Mm. Agreed. And it's good to talk about like this. I haven't really talked about out loud with somebody. This is why this podcast is pretty good. It's why I kind of wanted to do it. But, you know, you keep it into yourself. You don't really get it out there or bounce it off other people. But it's good to hear that other people are, you know, maybe in the same situation that you are or have the same thoughts you are. Maybe it'll help people get past those thoughts. Who knows? But it's definitely a podcast. I think that will help people, whatever topics you do, you know, whoever you're talking to. I appreciate that. I think I think this is why I'm doing it is for my own therapeutic uh, use as my friend. And then it's also good to hear that I'm not alone. And I don't think it, I think that's from, I think that's the majority of people. I think the majority of people are struggling with these things here and there. And you can look at people and go, man, this person's got it all. And they are themselves struggling just like you. And so I think if we all realize that we're all just humans, just trying to figure it out and just trying to get better. But I think uh, a part of this was, yeah, I, I know that people are struggling. I know that people have these thoughts. I know that there's people who want to do better and they're trying to figure out how and I am on that journey with them and this is why I'm doing this podcast is to get little nuggets and I mean you know I mean Jesus you think you talk to a guy when I first met you I go this guy played you know this guy was a you know professional hockey player 10 years this guy freaking you think you think about you know you 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 went to different countries and you played you know you had a you've met so many people you've had, you know, 
you're obviously in a professional shape. This guy's tall and handsome. He's good looking. He's strong as an ox. I mean, got a lot of great things going for him, but he still has, just like me, you know, where, hey, I'm not where I want to be. And I also think that's okay too. I also think, yeah, you, sh- you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel like you've, you've reached it yet. Like I'm, I'm having a tough time, Phil, and, I, and tell me if, if you have this thought. People always go, hey, it's the process. Enjoy the process. Dude, sometimes the process is really tough. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's just like the process isn't ever going to end. <laughs> you know? is there is there a light at the end of the tunnel because yeah. you know sometimes i enjoy the process but it's just like what the hell I, yeah i don't know it's a, i mean i feel like that's a whole nother topic but it's it's definitely challenging at times where you start even questioning it you know like, like we said earlier, are we, am I doing the right things? You know, what needs to be changed? But you don't know until you talk to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do it on your own. And I think that's one of my toughest battles. You know, I think I can do everything on my own, but you, you really can't. You need, you need to bounce ideas off people. You, you need uh, people with different mindset than you. And you got to be able to be willing, willing and able to change your mindset a little bit too. Mm, good point. Um, you can't be stubborn or stuck in your ways or you won't grow. Mm. And that's something I've learned too. Uh, just even jumping into the sales stuff. I've learned a lot, no sales background, nothing ever, but I'm, I'm trying to learn daily. I'm doing classes, taking courses, talking to people, going out for lunches and it's all new, but I may not be doing great, but I'm doing better more and better than what I did last year. Mm. You know? So it's like those small wins that you said that you kind of, you have to find some way to acknowledge them to get some kind of self gratification. I agree. I agree. Those small wins are necessary because they help build your confidence. And in this game, the more confidence you have, I think the bigger risks you're willing to take. And it's not just like business risks, but it's like risks of putting yourself out there. It's risks of, you know, being humble, like saying that, hey, I was wrong. That can be very, very tough for people. It's getting, it's a lot easier for me. Um, because, because I, I've been wrong so many times where it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that might be me. That's, that's my bad on that one. So, yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, you got it, you got got it it. and you're better for that. And people respect you too. You know, no no one, no one likes somebody who says, oh, that's your fault. That's your fault. Never takes any responsibility. That's more of maybe, you know people getting past their ego, but no one's ever going to be right all the time unless you're so stuck in your ways, then that's on you. And I don't want to be that person. No, don't you trust the people that say they're wrong? I trust I, that person. Now I trust more. If they just said, yeah, that was my fault. I, I'm, that was, I'm wrong for that. And I know that's part of personal development is taking responsibility uh, for, for the, things that don't go right, but taking personal responsibility in your life when things don't go right, right? I mean, taking true personal responsibility. And that is, that can be very tough at first, but I think it's also very, it's very, very freeing. Yeah. And that's something I realized, you know, that I didn't have at a young age, you know, maybe being young, dumb and naive, I don't know, but, um, Definitely looking back now, you, you, I think to myself, yeah, you got to look in the mirror sometimes and take responsibility for yourself. Point the finger at yourself because definitely a lot of things, decisions, choices you could have made a lot different, you know, and to change the aspect of wh- where you are now. 
but it is what it is and you got to adapt and like you said personal development piece if you realize that eventually then you're, you're growing as a person you know and i think that's the biggest thing is as long as you can see yourself growing um in business and life then that's probably the biggest part the biggest win in my opinion and then everything everything else will fall in place boom i agree this has been excellent i want to be cognizant of phil's time it's a busy guy he's got deals galore and uh, i know he's probably gonna have to you know bring a few of his buyers down off the ledge here. So I just want to say, Phil, thanks again for coming on, man. It was, uh, it was excellent talking to you. I believe that you are a huge um, help for people. So if you guys are ever thinking about, you know, getting into real estate and uh, if you need help with, you know, a buyer, seller, listing, Phil is the guy to trust. Uh, he obviously has a background of being a competitor and being someone who will fight for you because I've seen him fight on the ice. I was watching some videos. It was awesome. And uh, <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, Phil, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate you. Marty, thanks for your time. This was a pleasure. Like I said, it's good, good to chat to other people and similar mindsets, same situations, and just bounce things off each other. It's good to get it out instead of talking to yours, yourself. <laughs> Likewise, brother. Likewise. Thanks, guys, for watching. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grizzani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.